Hello and welcome to Weekend Recap. I'm your host, Joshua Halstead, and we got some box office numbers to crunch. So let's jump into it. So let's start by looking at this last weekend. So, for the weekend of November 15th through 17th, the top five highest grossing films domestically. At number one, Ford v. Ferrari from 20th Century Fox with $31 million. Followed by Midway in number two with $8.7 million. Charlie's Angels with 8.6, Playing with Fire with 8.5, and lastly, Last Christmas with 6.7. So we need to talk about this a little bit. Ford v. Ferrari with that 31, that is awesome for Ford v. Ferrari. I have no uh, no ill feelings towards that. But I want to talk about Charlie's Angels. So Charlie's Angels is a well-known IP. It's being It was written and directed by a very famous, very popular female in the industry. It stars, uh, well, one that's one actress that's not as well known, but then it also has Kristen Stewart, who is very well known and reasonably well liked at this point, and Naomi Scott, who is very well liked. So it raises the question: Why did this not do well? I don't have an answer for that. Um, I expected it to do a lot better than it's doing. It's an action movie. But I think there's something interesting that Elizabeth Banks said that I want to just talk about. So Elizabeth Banks was talking about how it's important that people see this film because otherwise the message being sent to studios is that men will not go see female-driven action films unless they're superhero movies because those set up more male-driven superhero movies. And unfortunately, I think that she's right. So she even talks about, like, yes, men will go see Wonder Woman, because Wonder Woman is setting up Batman and Superman and Cyborg and, and all these male superheroes. So men will go see it. But they don't go see female-driven superhero or female-driven action movies unless they're superhero movies and they're setting up stuff. And I think that that's... I, first of all, obviously, lots of men go see female-driven action movies. But there is a significantly smaller drive for those films. So if we're, if we're pushing for equality... If we're trying to get equality, if that's our end game, then we need to be supporting films like Charlie's Angels. Um, now, I was actually really excited for this. I didn't get to go see it because I was out of town. Um, I am going to go see it uh, this week, but I-, I was excited for Charlie's Angels. I think it looks really good. I, I think we need to support this kind of film. Um, I'm not telling you to go spend money for a movie you don't want to see. If you don't want to see it, you know, don't go see it. But I would challenge you to make sure that the reason you don't want to see it is because you don't think it looks good and not because it's a female-driven action movie. So let's talk about the highest-grossing films of 2019 domestically. And number one, and this won't, this hasn't changed. <laughs> so number one, Avengers Endgame. And number two... Whoa. Uh, sorry. Number one, Avengers Endgame. At number two, The Lion King. At number three, Toy Story 4. Number four, Captain Marvel. Number five, Spider-Man Far From Home. Number six, Aladdin. Number seven, Joker. Number eight, It Chapter 2. Number nine, Us. Number ten, Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw. 
So, the reason I want to talk about this. If you remember last week, I said, hey, Joker could be Aladdin in, in both the worldwide and the domestic uh, before it's out of theaters. Well, Joker just passed a major milestone, which we'll talk about in a minute. And it's it's raising up there in the domestic as well. So it is currently only 32, yeah, only about 32.5 million from tying Aladdin. So um, domestically, will it tie Aladdin? I'm not sure. Um, I don't know that it, I, I, I think it's maybe a 50-50 chance if it will in domestic. But it's going to get really, really close. And for a Warner Brothers small budget movie like that to do this well is first of all unprecedented but second of all just really really good because if you think about it what's happening is that a movie that was made for i think it was 55 million dollars has just made 20 times its budget um which is insane so let's talk about that 20 times its budget joker is at the number seven slot worldwide as well and there, we're going to have a really interesting conversation. So, the worldwide highest grocers, Avengers Endgame, Lion King, Spider-Man Far From Home, Captain Marvel, Toy Story 4, Aladdin, Joker, Fast and Furious, Hobson Shaw, Nija, and The Wandering Earth. So, let's talk about this. Joker has now grossed $1.016 billion. Um, so Joker passed the billion dollar mark. It is now, I believe, the highest grossing R-rated film of all time. Um, it is the highest grossing Joker movie. As in movies to um, include Joker in them. This is insane. It's unprecedented. It's really important. And I think that's great that we look at this. So uh, where we see Aladdin that uh, worldwide Aladdin right above it has 1.05 this has 1.01 so this gets another um, 40 million or well, just under 40 million uh, it could so if, if this gets that other 30 something million so it's, it's about 34 million from from passing from tying Aladdin uh, worldwide if it gets that other 30 something million to pass Aladdin Domestically, it will also more than likely pass Aladdin worldwide. And then let's take a second and talk about Terminator um, Dark Fate. So I had said, you know, hey, this opening is actually bigger than bigger than the first one by a little bit. Let's Let's take a moment. Let's talk about this because I was under the, you know, I was going, listen, this isn't really, this isn't worse than Genesis and Genesis, you know, got another installment. Well, here's where it starts to get problematic for them. At this point, it is now doing worse. So 55.3% of its overall gross thus far has been from opening, whereas with Genesis, it was only 30.1%. Additional to that, this is playing on more screens. Uh, also, it's, it's not doing as well. So, it, it's, a, it's a wide margin between where, uh, 
Genesis is at this point and where or sorry, where Dark Fate is at this point and where Genesis was at this point, I think it's going to mean just that this movie ends up being a flop. I cannot see this uh, not being a flop for the studio. Um, so the worldwide gross is 233. So 233 million is not a flop for most films, but for this, a movie that was made on 185 million dollar budget, um, it has to not only match that budget, but then make back its marketing. And for a film like this, it was marketed so heavily. That's a big undertaking, and it's not it's not succeeding. Um, the worldwide gross for Genesis, for instance, was 440 million. This isn't going to get anywhere near 440 million, right? This isn't going to make another uh, uh, two million seven thousand. That is not going to happen. So, this is at this point, I think it's safe to call it a flop, which is, I don't know. I want to say I want to say it was unfortunate, but the reality is I didn't like it. I thought it was a badly made film. So, uh, you know, I don't have that much of a of a drive for it to do super well. So um, that's where the box office stands. Let us now do some reviews. And guys, this week's reviews are going to be reviews of Disney Plus content, brand new Disney Plus content. So let's talk about it. So we're going to start something that I think is going to be an interesting one to talk about. High School Musical, the musical, the series. So on Disney Plus, they put out a, um, a new streaming show, TV show, called High School Musical, the Musical, the Series, that is done documentary style, or mockumentary style, and it's sort of a comedy drama, and it's about a group of uh, teens who are putting on a production of High School Musical as their High School Musical in the high school where High School Musical was filmed, and the trailer came out, and the trailer looked really fun because it was very sort of tongue-in-cheek in the trailer. I didn't really know what to expect going into it, but I grew up with the original High School Musical films, so I thought, well, at the very least, it'll be kind of cute to watch one episode. Guys, I'm kind of hooked. I really like it. So they've put out two episodes now, and I've watched both. Um, it's really fun. It's really, really fun. The um, the characters are likable. The storylines are a lot more mature than in the High School Musical films. It takes on more serious topics. The writing is much better. And it's not a normal musical. They just sing when they're working on the songs from the other. And it's really good. Like, the way that it's put together is great. Um, so, I, it's hard to talk about without spoiling anything when it's a series. Um, I won't spoil anything, don't worry. The lead couple is adorable. Their chemistry is really, really good. They're also doing some really interesting things with the main male character and his personal life at home that I think is really intriguing. They're also doing a lot to talk about her and his relationship. They're talking about her relationship with the boy she's actually currently dating. They're talking about um, sort of missing out on dreams or taking on trans rights and gay rights. There's, there's a whole lot there. So aside from just the, the material itself... It's very well done. It's very well written. It's very well acted. It's well put together. The direction is very deft. It's very good. Um, it's really, really enjoyable. It's really smart. They are all talented singers for the moments when they are singing. And I think Disney has a solid win here on their hands. So I'm going to go ahead and give it a 7.5 out of 10. 
And now, uh, some, something else musical from, from there. Uh, let's talk about Encore. So Encore is an actual documentary uh, with Kristen Bell um, where they bring together casts from high school musicals in the past. Not the movie's high school musical, but um, you know their high school did a, a musical and they loved it. So they bring the, the cast back and they have a week to restage the musical. And they've put out two episodes. I've watched both episodes. Um, it's really, really cute. So the first episode is a little better, in my opinion. But <clears throat> what what they succeed in is finding this way of tapping into your nostalgia for your high school. And they find a way of tapping into um, what it felt like when you were a teen and you had all these hormones and everything felt like it was the end of the world. And then you were paired with this group of people for such a long stretch of time that you really developed strong feelings and felt like a family. And then you just haven't seen each other in so long. Um, which is something that most people, I think, can relate to. And because of that, it really works on a relatable level. Uh, they're covering, of course, musicals that Disney has the rights to, like Annie, Beauty and the Beast, stuff like that. But it's really sweet. It's really cute. This is not a series that is like a try-to-win-a-bunch-of-awards series. This is not a, you know, I watch this for, you know, highbrow entertainment this to me falls in the in the line of sort of just sweet innocent reality tv that's just about feeling good and feeling happy um and and i think that's really fun and it's really nice and it's really enjoyable so we aren't going to talk about mandalorian i'm saving mandalorian for last all right i promise i'm going to talk about it let's talk about noel so, Noel is Disney Plus's first original Christmas movie. It is Anna Kendrick, Billy Eichner, uh, uh, Bill Hader, and Shirley MacLaine. And it is basically about uh, Santa Claus dies and his son, played by Bill Hader, is supposed to take over, but Bill Hader's not getting it, so he runs away. And then Anna Kendrick, his sister, has to go and try to save him. So. Noel's really sweet. It's really cute, guys. I mean, I know this is what I'm saying with with everything I'm covering here because what Disney Plus has successfully done with um, the the vast majority of their shows is create sort of innocent, sweet, fun, feel-good content that you want to watch just because it makes you happy Um, and it's sweet and it's, you know... um, Now, Noel was originally intended to be a live-action... I mean, it is live-action. It was originally intended to be a, a theatrical release... It got put on Disney Plus instead. I think it's probably good it got put on Disney Plus. The only reason for that is that I think audiences, by and large, would have had a hard time with the $12 a ticket for this movie only because I think that it's it's not the kind of film you go see in theaters typically. Um, but it is really funny. Uh, really, really funny. There are some great jokes in it. Um, it has a lot of heart. It's really cute. The acting, of course, is great. Billy Eichner's character specifically really, really stands out in here. I mean, obviously, nobody stands out the way that um, the way that, that Anna Kendrick does. But Billy Eichner's character is really, really funny. He plays an IT. Um, he plays a guy in IT, and it's it's pretty funny. Um, listen, if you're looking for something fun to watch with your family at Christmas time, that's going to be funny and it's going to be sweet and it's going to be clean. Noel is a great pick. And it's really good. So I am going to go ahead and I'm going to give... Oh, and I didn't score Encore. I'm going to go ahead and give Encore a uh, 7 out of 10. And I'm going to go ahead and give Noel uh, a 7.9 out of 10. And now, guys, 
We got one more review. Let's talk about that Mandalorian, yo. Alright, so, admittedly, I have not watched the second episode yet. Like I said, I was out of town. Um, the other two have shorter episodes. Uh, well, Encore doesn't, but I can watch Encore without having to have my brain on. Um, I have not watched Mandalorian episode two yet, so I'm going to watch it probably tonight or tomorrow. Um, and we're, we're going to talk about the Mandalorian um, as it keeps going. But let's talk about the first episode of the Mandalorian. Um, no spoilers. Uh, I didn't like it very much. I was really excited for it. I love John Favreau. Really, really, really love John Favreau. I've liked almost everything he's made. Um, I I really like the cast in general. Pedro Pascal is an actor I really appreciate. He was in a really cool um, indie film about an astronaut uh, a year or so ago that was really enjoyable to watch. Um, I really like this cast in general. I mean, Werner Herzog is in it and this is everything about this is something that screams that I'll like it. I watched the trailers and I really liked it. And I'll tell you, I didn't like it that much. Um, and that's not to say it's bad. It's not bad at all. Um, and and they set off some stuff that I think might make the second episode and 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 moving on really enjoyable. Right? Pilots are always rough, um, or are usually rough. For me, I didn't feel like it took time to develop characters. I didn't feel. I didn't feel any stakes with anything going on, and I didn't love that the the color was sort of intentionally washed out to give it a, a more serious look, because you can do serious without the, the color washing. It's a personal pet peeve of mine. That being said, The Mandalorian, as played by Pedro Pascal, is great. The designs of the aliens and stuff like that is great. The design of the ships, all that's awesome. So, if you can get past the CGI, because um, there is some CGI in it, and you can get past um, sort of the lack of color as compared to other Star Wars movies, I think the likelihood that you'll watch the first episode of Mandalorian and find something to enjoy is pretty high. I found stuff to enjoy, but I didn't love it. Um, I certainly wouldn't re-watch that pilot on my own volition, but I definitely found things to enjoy there. So if you like Star Wars, watch it. If you haven't, I think you'll find something to enjoy. And I would say go ahead and try to watch an episode or two ahead and see if maybe um, you like it more as the series progresses. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and give the first episode of The Mandalorian, just the first episode of The Mandalorian, I'm going to go ahead and give it a 6.1 out of 10. Guys, that is the show. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and go slock yourselves.